It's time to get in the zone. The Fantasy Football Zone. Hey guys, where else would you rather be? Get involved with the show by following us on Twitter at DraftThatGuy. Want a piece of that championship? Put it in here. This is the Fantasy Football Zone. And thanks again for checking us out, Fantasy Football Zone. And this edition, we are talking about new faces in new places. And also, we got some great quarterback strategy coming up. Joining us once again from RotoWire, it is Corey Smith. Corey, great to have you back on the show. And let's kick it off right now. New faces, new places. Of course, the biggest name, Tom Brady joining the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, or Tampa Bay, if you want to call it that way, with the trademarks he's got out there. But what can we? We expect for him this year i know last year you know the arm i don't know questions about it a little bit the passing yards not as big as in years past but do you think that's going to improve with especially the receiving core he's got now in tampa he's going as a, as a top five six guy of course he's the goat and this year the downfield weapons are unquestionably way more dynamic than what he had in new england in the past few years i mean last year he's throwing to edelman he's throwing to sanu Really great possession guys, but now just a completely different ball game thrown to Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, not to mention the nice tight ends they have in O.J. Howard and Cameron Brait. Yep. Uh, for me, look, no one's going to prepare better going to a new place and take it more seriously than Tom Brady, and we know that. But still, for his value, I think that there are some guys, and we'll discuss this perhaps later on today, but mm-hmm. I think that there are some guys that may be not as exciting of a name and you know tom brady going to a new team with pro bowl guys on the on the outside and gronk coming to town but i think that there are some values later than brady that will be worthwhile i think brady's being a bit overdrafted this year so i'm excited to see how the season unfolds for them of course and then the big change as well who's taking his place in new england it's uh, cam newton coming off the injury last year uh, it's going to be interesting to see how this works out it is and it, he's not even getting 100 percent of the snaps in camp with a Belichick-run operation, I don't think that's a huge surprise. I, As well as he may be playing, he may be struggling, he may be lighting it up. We're not privy to it, as much of that information in depth as we have been in past years. Yep. But it's. I don't think we should read too much into Cam Newton sharing snaps. Certainly it's alarming. He has an 0-8 record as a starter, his last eight NFL starts. That's pretty stunning, honestly. Mm-hmm. And, of course, it's the injury question. This, guy, this guy's a former MVP, of course. But he's dealt with a shoulder injury in 2018 that cut his season short. Last year, a foot injury shut it down. Had to undergo Liz Frank surgery. I'm not comfortable going in with him as my starter, but he's going in the 13th round of 10-team leagues. If I'm going to pair him with another guy, I like his upside in the later rounds. And I'm not a proponent, typically, of drafting two quarterbacks. But if we're talking a super deep league, 16-team league, 14-team league, and you're going to pair quarterbacks, and the waiver wire is less of an option, of course, with a deeper league like that. I like Newton as the second guy or super flex kind of guy in a deep league. But uh, certainly with the injury concerns, a starter for me, not this year. We're going to jump to the wide receiver position now. Uh, so we covered a lot of the backs, but uh, yeah, some wide receivers change in places in the offseason. Uh, Stefan Diggs was traded from the Vikings to the Buffalo Bills. And uh, he had a huge season for Minnesota last year, but uh, a lot of the off-the-field stuff, or he just didn't want to show up one week and all this stuff. So there was something going on there behind the scenes. So he got traded to the Bills. Is this a good situation? I've done some mock drafts. I'm kind of surprised he is falling later than I thought he would uh, coming off the year he is. So 
apparently not a people a lot of people loving Josh Allen, even though he did prove he could throw it around pretty good last year. He certainly improved as a passer. I mean, not thrilling. I think his completion percentage went up from like fifty two point six to something in the fifty eight percentage. Yeah. Uh, he's not exactly Brady efficient with a completion rate or Drew Brees efficient, I should say, but he definitely improved as a passer last year, and we know what Josh Allen can do with his legs. But if we're talking about investing in a receiver in a Josh Allen offense, you got to think about it. I mean, this is a guy who's not as accurate as a lot of people, but his style does coalesce pretty well with that of Stephon Diggs. Diggs is coming off a season where he averaged 17.9 yards per catch for Diggs last year. Allen's obviously a guy who has that Howard throw of an arm. The question is, how often is he going to complete those deep passes? I think we're going to have a lot of frustrating moments as GMs invested in digs, we're going to be we're going to be making that noise a lot as the ball <laughs> narrowly goes over his hands for the second time. We're going to see that. But if he's going late, if you're getting Stefan Diggs as a third receiver in the ten or ten ten or twelve team league, yeah. that's great value. This is a guy who talent wise is probably a top ten, definitely top fifteen receiver. You know, Buffalo is not the ideal place for any fantasy receiver to go currently, but. This is a guy who talent-wise has it, and if you see him sneaking into the sixth round, I'm looking into it, and I'm interested for sure. If he's slipping in your league, I'd grab him. And then the guy that replaces him in Minnesota is the rookie wide receiver, Justin Jefferson, out of LSU. I don't know, you know, with all the offseason camp and whatnot, not getting a whole lot of uh, familiarity with the offense, I don't know if that's going to affect him or not. What do you think uh, as he heads into the new system? There's no question that... The short offseason, any rookie pass catcher, it's going gonna, it's gonna to hurt him a little bit. But if we look at who they got working behind, Jefferson is potential number two. It's guys like Tajay Sharp, Chad Beebe, <laughs> K.J. Osborne. You know, Kyle Rudolph's a pretty good tight end. They've got Irv Smith from Alabama. Yep. That doesn't really, you know, come together as a receiving tight end or receiving tight end in the NFL to the extent a lot of people saw him as potentially becoming. But still. Justin Jefferson, shortened offseason, granted, but he is definitely slipping in drafts. And in my mocks, I'm consistently getting him ninth, 10th round. I think that's probably worth the upside. And what I love about him, I think they're going to slide Jefferson into the slot. Kirk Cousins, that, there's no spot on the field where he's more effective throwing the ball. I think that's going to behoove Jefferson more so than Thielen on the perimeter. Certainly, Thielen's going to have a way more productive fantasy season overall. But I think the, what I'm hearing out of Vikings camp possibility of Jefferson sliding into the slot, I think that's a very appealing thing. Last year, for example, this is per ESPN's Kyle Sapi, last year, Thielen averaged 42.6% more fantasy points per target when operating in the slot than he did operating on the outside. So definitely more efficient opportunities in the slot where Jefferson's going to be. Certainly doesn't have to be Stefan Diggs to be worse. Actually, I'm seeing him going in the 12th round in some leagues. Okay. He doesn't have to be Stephon Diggs to be worth that. Yeah, and he's like that. So a good number three wide out for you if if you needed him that in that way, or maybe the flex position. I wouldn't love it. I mean, I would not love it. I'd rather Jefferson if I'm playing in a standard nine person lineup, kicker and defense. If I'm slotting in Jefferson as my flex week one, I'm not loving that. 
Okay. As a guy who's going to evolve over the season, I definitely think he's going to come on and be a reliable guy over the second half for sure and will be worth picking up in drafts and making that investment, I believe. Now the big one that got traded in the offseason, DeAndre Hopkins heading out to Arizona. The air raid offense, we saw it one year. Uh, it did all right. Kyler Murley had some good numbers, but I, they didn't really light the world on fire like they thought they were, I guess, in wins and losses. But in fantasy, I guess it came out all right. So now you throw him into that system. Do we expect a big upgrade for him? And uh, could he maybe challenge Michael Thomas for that number one overall spot off the board or justify that if somebody feels they want to pick Hopkins ahead of him in the draft? To me, it's a bit, it's a bit too risky. I think Michael Thomas is the clear number one guy this season. Coming off a season where he broke Marvin Harrison's record for most catches, obviously staying with Drew Brees, staying in a familiar environment, that's going to benefit Thomas there. Hopkins, you know, he is obviously insanely talented. I think that was one of the worst trades I've ever seen. Yes. Bill O'Brien and company make. Pretty stunning. I get it's a cap maneuver, but man, you just, you have to come away with more, in my opinion, than what they did. David Johnson and the picks that they got. I mean, this offense did produce last year, though. They did have a, kind of a two, two-man team. But two receivers in Christian Kirk and Larry Fitzgerald, who both got over 105 targets, who both got over 65 catches and 700 receiving yards. I think that there's going to be enough here to support Hopkins as a top-end wide receiver one, but I'm sticking with Thomas. Michael Thomas, that is, as my wide receiver one cross formats this year. All right. I got to ask you about this Cowboys wide receiver trio here. Uh, Mari Cooper, he's been in my doghouse. I, I picked him and I stayed with him for like three years in the keeper league and he... I, I don't know. He let me down. He, it's just so inconsistent eat from week in to week out with him. But then you got Michael Gallup, third-year wide receiver. He's been getting better each and every year, so it could be a breakout year. Or who they drafted in the first round, CeeDee Lamb. Does he outshine those guys this year? I mean, which one? Obviously, we know the answer is Cooper is the one you want to roll with, but is there a bigger potential down the road with either Gallup or Lamb? For me, it is all Michael Gallup this season. And I'm with you on Amari Cooper. He's a guy I've had on my fantasy team last couple of years. He is a wide receiver one, especially in a 12-team in a league. I mean, 10-team league borderline. I think he finished as wide receiver 10 last year in PPR. But he has just too many one-catch-for-19-yard, yes. four-catches-for-24-yard type games for me to – a wide receiver two all day. His upside is immense. But just too many of those duds to really love him in your wide receiver one spot, in my opinion. If we look at the latter half of last season, too – it's insane what Gallup did compared to Cooper. And especially now that we'll start to consider their ADPs. In the nine games from week nine on last season, Gallup outscored Cooper significantly. In PPR, he had 15.3 points per game. Cooper just 12.9. Gallup actually led the Cowboys receiving core over the latter half of the season in target share, receiving yards, and receiving touchdowns. Cooper's going as a borderline wide receiver one. Gallup's going is a late three wide receiver four. I love Gallup at his current ADP. C.D. Lamb, a lot of people consider him the best receiver coming out this year. Definitely a ton of upside, but I, Gallup has proven he can do it. He passed the eye test. He killed it over the latter half of last year. I love Gallup. The perfect combination of he's done it before and his ADP. Give me some Michael Gallup this season. I love him. He's my number one Cowboys receiver at his ADP. All right, so get you some Gallup here for the Cowboys. Look for him in the later rounds. And we'll wrap up the wide receivers, uh, new faces, new places. Uh, Brandon Cooks 
and Randall Cobb. They are now coming over to the uh, Texans to replace DeAndre Hopkins. They're going to join Will Fuller and also uh, Kenny Stills over there. And to me, Cooks and Fuller, they're the same player. They have these huge games, but then it's the health issue as well. So do you grab Stills and Cobb in the later rounds because you can bank on one of those guys missing some time? I love this point. I do think that you bank on a guy like Stills and I think you may want to throw a late pick at him just because, obviously, once the season starts and the waiver wire starts, yeah. say Fuller goes down, I mean, everyone's all over Stills, and everyone's all over Cobb. Fuller, for example, we know his big playability. 14.3 yards per catch for his career. Really just a home run hitter from anywhere on the field. But he's missed, let's see here, 14 games the last two years. That's just, that's just too many games to miss. There's different concerns hamstring, whatever it may yes. be. It's, it's either hamstring. Yes. It's, hard to, it's hard to play football without your hamstring, certainly. Yeah. And then we got Cooks. He's only missed two games the last two seasons, Brandon Cooks, but he's had a lot, of, a lot of concussion concerns over the course of his career. I mean, for me, I love the idea of stashing a stills, and uh, I'm definitely skeptical on the top two guys. Though they're upside with Deshaun Watson, if healthy, is great. But the question about their health, you can't deny it. Yeah. You cannot deny that there's Always going to be injury concerns with Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks moving forward here. And again, we're talking with Corey Smith, NFL writer for Roto-Wire. All right, quarterback strategy heading into the draft. This is always a pretty interesting one because I was in a draft last year. Someone picked Patrick Mahomes in the first round. It was towards the end of it in the 10-team league. But yeah, Mahomes missed a couple games, and all of a sudden it's like, well, how's he going to do? Obviously, you can't question the talent. He's going to put up numbers, record-breaking mm-hmm. numbers and all that. But do you grab one of those? guys early or do you like to wait to get your quarterback i'm a waiting kind of guy on this position and it's really just comes down to the math i mean if we look at the difference between the top tier running backs and the lower tier running backs who you're going to have to start i mean the running backs who are finishing 24th 25th on a weekly basis those are the guys that are going to be filling in your rb2 slots and your flex slots you only start one quarterback each week and if we think about this over the you know week one through sixteen last year, a lot of a lot of leagues take week seventeen off. Weeks one through sixteen last year, the difference between the second best fantasy quarterback Deshaun Watson and the eleventh best fantasy quarterback Kyler Murray was just three point two points per game. Now that's something. I mean, three point two points per game. I've had enough losses by one point that I know that makes a difference. <laughs> yes, but you look at running back, the number two running back last year in terms of scoring, Dalvin Cook. Compare him to the 26th guy, Devin Singletary, the difference, 8.6 points per game. This per Matthew Berry's draft day manifesto. You look at this, you take the quarterback difference, top to bottom, it's 3.2 points per game. Running back, it's 8.6 points per game, top to bottom, knowing that you start two per week. So for me, look, if you get the same thing out of Lamar Jackson that you got out of Lamar Jackson last year, he's worth the second-round pick all day. But we're saying the same things about Lamar Jackson this year that we're saying about Patrick Mahomes last August. You, you can't expect some regression. Maybe Jackson puts up the same numbers and he runs for 1,200 yards again. But for me, I'm waiting for a guy like a Dak Prescott and a couple other that I'll mention after that first tier. And Dak Prescott, surprisingly, we're seeing him go kind of in the Brady range. He was the number three scoring fantasy quarterback last year. And if you're talking about a guy with a high floor, Dak had, tw- had 11 top 12 finishes last year. The only guy who had more top 12 finishes than Dak Prescott last year was Lamar Jackson. And this guy, Dak Prescott, he's keeping Kellen Morris as offensive coordinator. 
They added C.D. Lamb. They still got Cooper and Gallup. They still got an elite offensive line. They still got Zeke. Where Dak is going, fifth or sixth among quarterbacks, you're getting him in the fifth, sixth round. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing, and I think that maintaining Kellen Moore is huge for him. And I got to say, doing some mocks early on, I am surprised. He is. I We didn't cover him in the new faces, new places, but Phillip Rivers is going <clears throat> way down the board. I, maybe the age and all, and maybe, you know, just his last season with the Chargers. But coming into this Indianapolis situation, it's not like they're the cupboard's bare. They've got some good talent there. Yeah, T.Y. Hilton is going to look for a bounce-back year here. But uh, Phillip Rivers, for where he's going right now, I, there was one I saw him like 13th or 14th round. I, I was just like, really? I, I think there could be maybe a steal there. And the thing is also the familiarity with Frank Reich. He's worked with Frank Reich, the coach before. Yeah. Coach that I love, I think is extremely underrated for the Colts. Phillip last year, ton of picks, 20 interceptions. That's something that we've seen periodically throughout his career. He's had some 20, he's had one 20 interception year before, but it was just a bad team. Just a disappointing five and 11 year for the Chargers last year. Huge drop off from their 12 and four seemed like a Super Bowl contending year in 2018 but coming in with Frank Reich they actually do have some pretty good weapons and they certainly have an elite offensive line in Indianapolis yeah I I do like Rivers as a late round flyer why not throw one up I think that he could be worth it with the Colts if you're going to wait and wait and wait it's definitely not I don't think a bad strategy at all and if I don't ask this one because I'm surprised where he's falling too but he's right here in Green Bay we talked about the wide receiving core the backfield as well you know he's got some pieces intact coming back Aaron Rodgers of course the draft happened and they picked quarterback Jordan Love out of Utah State and shocked just about everyone around here where do you see Rodgers going I cannot believe again a guy where he's historically in the top three in fantasy and where he's going this year, I, I'm kind of surprised. He has historically been a top three kind of guy. And, I mean, in terms of just his overall aura and ability and legend status, he is that guy. He's a top three, top five guy, no question about it, first ballot Hall of Famer. But you look at the way he performed last year over the, over the last quarter of the season, really the latter half of the season, he was held under 15 points over the second half of the season in every game but two. He only had two games over 15 points from week nine on in standard scoring. We know he's got an elite guy in Adams, but there's some questions at the tight end position. They definitely have a capable stable of backs there. I don't know. It's not, he's not the same fantasy guy that he used to be, but he's absurdly efficient. I mean, that's just the thing about him. A real-life quarterback, this guy, I think his interception ratio, touchdown-interception ratio last two years is something like, 51-6 to six touchdown interceptions the last two years for Aaron Rodgers. But 25 touchdown passes per season for a guy who doesn't run a lot, obviously at this stage, I don't know. He's not what he used to be fantasy-wise, but in the playoffs, there's few people you trust more, of course. Who are some other quarterbacks, uh, just name them off here, that you're looking at uh, maybe that might be worth the uh, shot later on that you wait for? Well, I think Josh Allen's another guy. I mean, he finishes the sixth quarterback last year in standard scoring. You talk about a guy with a high floor. I mean, you don't love to get a 10-point outing from your fantasy quarterback, certainly, but it gives you a four. He was a double-digit fantasy guy every start but one last season, uh, multiple touchdown passes six times, which is, you know, okay, not thrilling, certainly, but he, he runs for, you know, 20, 30 yards every game, if not much more. He was the third leading rusher among quarterbacks last year with 510 yards. 
Josh Allen led all quarterbacks with nine rushing touchdowns last year. There was only two other quarterbacks who had more than four, and that was Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson. He's coming into his own a little bit more as a passer. He's certainly not a Pro Bowl-level passer, but the rushing upside for Josh Allen, for me, he's definitely worth being a starting quarterback at the back end. Kind of a back-end starting quarterback with his rushing upside. I like Josh Allen. Daniel Jones, I think, for the Giants, is a guy who's similar to Allen. I think he could be the Josh Allen of this season. One amazing thing about him, he never at any point last season, not for a single snap, did Daniel Jones have Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, Golden Tate, Evan Ingram, Saquon Barkley, all in the field at the same time. That's the Giants' playmaker core. He never had those guys at his disposal. This is a guy who has a ton of rushing upside. He pops. He had the third most performances of 28-plus fantasy performances last last year. He had the third most number of 28-point fantasy point performances last year. Did it four times. And another thing about Daniel Jones, I think their defense is going to stink. I think the Giants' defense, DeAndre Baker, he's been charged with four counts of robbery, unfortunately. It's a terrible thing that occurred, but... He, he looks like he's going to be out for this season. Sam Beal opts out with COVID. Corey Ballantyne is expected to be one of their starting cornerbacks. His, his coverage grade last year was just horrific for pro football focus. Just cannot believe he's going to be a starting corner. I wish him the best. But they tried to get Ross Cockerell. That fell through. But, man, I think this Giants defense is going to be porous as they were last year, and that's going to allow the offense to put up some numbers as they try to catch up in the second half of games this year. And we wrap up this week's show. I'm going to do a PSA here, the importance of ranking players this year. Due to a majority of drafts, you're going to be on the auto-draft scenario or whatnot. Always be important, more than ever, probably this year. Make sure you spend a little time pre-ranking your guys' rankings so you don't get a kicker in the 10th round. That's, that's what I'm going to say because I could see that with a lot of the virtual drafts going on this year. There's no question about it. It happens every year. Last year, I really get a guy take Andrew Luck. And Melvin Gordon, who obviously held out, I was a rough. It was a rough start to the year. I mean, yes, turned around a bit, but it's hard to overcome that, guys. And certainly this year, more important than ever. Yeah, definitely. If you can't make the draft, got to set that board. All right, and again, we're talking with Corey Smith, NFL writer for RotoWire. Uh, what are you guys working on, getting ready for the draft here? What do you got going on? Well, now we've got a, a season preview and a training camp preview coming through RotoWire.com. Those are both public. If you just Google Atlanta Falcons. Rotowire 2020 preview should come right up. It's by me, Corey Smith, and I'd love it you guys check it out if you want to get some more details uh, on the Dirty Birds. Corey, again, thank you for your time helping us get ready for our fantasy drafts in our next edition. Yeah, we're going to be talking about Keeper Leagues, giving you some tips, maybe some guys as well to look on because always with Keeper Leagues, the fun part is guys that you can draft and you can hold on for the future, but also you don't want to forget about this year as well, so you want to make good on those drafts, so we'll talk about that coming up in our next podcast. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Football Zone. Subscribe to the Fantasy Football Zone and give us a five-star rating while you're at it. Follow us on Twitter at DraftThatGuy. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Football Zone podcast.